folks welcome back to the norwood noise podcast wednesday december 6th we're coming at you here this is graham this is my second second to last pod here from uh from abroad this will be the the second to last one here two weeks from now i'll be back stateside and we'll be connecting on a normal time zone that works for the both of us um which will be good so definitely looking forward to that but but of course myself evan Shobo, alongside graham griffith um and let's let's start with really the headliner from the last week uh, in sports generally, we'll get to the hoops in a minute. There were a lot of great games this weekend. Um, but of course, Graham, did the playoff committee, did they get it right? Uh, Florida State out, Alabama in. What is what is your kind of, where do you sit on now that we've kind of rested with it a couple days? Um, you know, I, I always hear like <laughs> when, you know, the playoffs and, you know, the selection committee comes out for basketball that they always look at the entire body of work. Um, right. I just didn't see that because I just feel bad that Florida State got gypped, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, Alabama's just, like, a better team. It just, it, you just have to feel bad for them because, like, yeah, they had their schedule and they won every single game. They are on their third string quarterback and they still took care of business. Um, they won two or three games without, their starting quarterback, who is unbelievable right. this year, um, I think it's extremely unfair to them to like screw them over for the cards that they were dealt when they still handled business. It's not like they were like right. they lost to Louisville, and then it's like okay they're not in, and everyone's right. like, well, that's just because like they lost their quarterback. No, like they stood on business and like like they you know they still won. Um, I feel really bad for him, but yeah, Alabama probably is still more deserving just because of you know you beat Georgia, Texas is in. Right. Um, even even if they weren't that great, but yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think unfortunately, I think that what it says in their byline that the their main thing is that they're trying to put together a playoff with the four best teams in the country, and I think unfortunately. You'd, I, I don't know. I'm I'm so split because I'm like, yeah, you did that. But then that's with that same argument, like, how's Georgia not in the playoff, right? Like, Georgia's probably better than Texas or Georgia's probably better than Washington. But I don't know. I mean, Texas did beat Alabama. So, I don't know. It's just a – it's such a tough way to look at it. And, I mean, thank goodness this is the last year of the four-team playoff. We are moving into the 12-team next year. So, I think everybody uh, is very excited for that. Uh, and really, my favorite part that I didn't even realize, I Graham, we're we're doing uh home home games for the first two rounds. Yeah, 
um, which is going to be awesome. Like, come on. I, I was looking at it this year. Um, I think we would have gotten, like, Mizzou at Oregon, and I think it was, like, Penn State at Texas. Like, just some fun matchups that we don't see anymore because guess what? These guys are too scared to schedule anybody early in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, so seeing some some interconference games, uh, you know, it kind of almost feels like a little bit like, you know, the, the SEC-ACC or, the, you know, the Big 12 Big East challenges. Like, it's just fun to see those guys – actually go on the road um, and play some other really good teams across the conference because then we can even get a better feel more often. Um, is the SEC that superior or are they not? You know, and that's why I've kind of really enjoyed like the, the Texas-Alabama home-and-home home that's happened the last couple of years and, you know, games like that. Like, I, I give me more of that. So, um, and especially not the neutral sites. Like, I, I'm good. Like, I don't need the, what's it, like the Dukes-Mayo kickoff they had this year. I think it was LSU and Florida State. Like, dude, go to go to Tallahassee. Go to yeah. Baton Rouge. Like, you know, so I'm, I am excited for that. That part of the playoff probably more so than anything else. But anyways, I agree with you. I think it's, I think they, in the end, they got the four best teams. So I'll be interested to see, um, you know, where, where we go from there with that. Um, quick, quick predictions. What do you, what do you think? Who, who you like coming out of that four team? Um, I don't know that stuff. I think it's, I think this is Texas's year. I think they finally do it. Really? Um, yeah. And I could see, um, a, a very, very close game, you know, with Washington. I think it's going to be a high flying game. I agree. I think, it's like I think 30s, that game's 40s. Be awesome. Um, and I have Texas over Alabama. I don't think a team up north um, can win a game. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I, honestly, like even as someone that's like a born and raised Michigan fan, I don't have the greatest confidence, especially like even seeing like your attitude and your reaction like after you get Alabama. I don't know if you saw that video, uh, Graham, but like they were watching their, of course, they're doing the, the watch party together. And someone was recording like when, when Alabama popped up and a lot of the room was kind of like, or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, A, I mean, one, I think if you're Jim Harbaugh, you probably got to brief your guys on that. Like, hey, there's probably a good chance that we're going to get Alabama and not Florida State. So just expect that. And B, like, if you do, like, I know it's such a, a mental thing, but, like, act like you're excited to play them. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it, the the initial reaction for me was concerning already. Yeah. Um. Like, you got to have some confidence. Like, you're the number one team in the country. Like, I, whether you are or not, you're ranked that. Um, you know, you just came off a big win against your big rival. Like, show some confidence, man. Like, are you going to go out there and get rolled by Alabama? Maybe. Are you going to lose by a couple scores? Maybe. But, like, you got to at least show, like, you you think you got a chance to win. Because, you know, the based on the initial reaction, I didn't love it. So, um, but no, I agree with you. I got those two. Um, I, I'm going to go opposite of you just for fun. I, I like Washington. I think Penix is unbelievable um and i'll take alabama to win the whole thing because i think a i think a pack 12 pack 12 alabama game would be um you know wouldn't really be a much of a contest although i do agree with you i i would love to see a texas alabama rematch i think that'd be a lot of fun uh since that that early season edition was a was a tight one so anywho all right let's get to let's get back to what we what we really know a lot about here on this podcast uh and that's some college hoops last weekend was Arguably, I would Graham, I would say it was one of my favorite like early December weekends um, of recent memory. I mean, it was a stacked slate. Kind of got the end of that Big East Big Twelve battle. Um, you just got some other big notable games over the weekend. You got Big Ten opening conference play. Um, so we'll start with the headliner on Friday night. Uh, Kansas takes care of 
the UConn Huskies at home. Um, Kansas got out to a hot start. I don't know, did you catch much of this mm-hmm. game? Yeah. Yeah, okay, because I knew it was after the, the Xavier game. So um, Kansas got out to a hot start pretty early on, um, leading leading well early, and then UConn pulled it back, and it was it was pretty tight the rest of the game. Um, Kevin McCullough led the way again for Kansas. Um, I don't, I just don't know that I'm seeing, and maybe this is just like me being, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I'm just not seeing a ton that I love from this Kansas team right now. Um, I think UConn asking anyone to go into Allen Fieldhouse and, and win a game, you know, like it's, that's pretty tough regardless, especially a team like UConn that doesn't have a ton of experience there. Um, but yeah, I'm just not seeing a ton that I really, really love from this Kansas team so far. Um, we've talked about it multiple times. They need another scorer on that offense. Um, Dickinson played solid. Um, KJ Adams, like I'm sure for for those of you that follow the game close enough, you saw the the post game with you know Coach Self talking about you know KJ Adams who recently just lost his mother. He was leaving for the for the funeral the next morning after that game. Um, so clearly playing with it with some spirit and some uh, you know just you know, knowing that someone was, was helping support him and, and watch him along the way was pretty awesome. And seeing that moment in the locker room with them after was, was really touching. Um, I mean, obviously he made two free throws down the stretch and as coach self even said, not the greatest free throw shooter. Um, I don't know that any KU fans saw KJ Adams going to the line was like, Oh sweet. Like we're going to knock down two here in crunch time. Um, but yeah, knocked him down. He shot well from the free throw line. So Adams, Adams played a bit of an inspired game. Hope to see that continue. Um, and then McCuller, of course, of course, led the way. But again, Dewan Harris, non-factor offensively. Um, you know, like obviously six assists, but that's pretty standard for him. Like if you're not doing that, don't know that you're doing a ton else. Obviously defensively, he was playing pretty all right as well. Uh, and then on Marco Jackson, just again, meh. Johnny Furphy, okay off the bench. You need one of them to, to step up. I personally, I like Furphy. I think he's probably got the most like, you know, natural ability and talent, um, but just haven't seen it yet from him. And he's, I think he's getting there, um, you know, and, and so is Omarco. And, and you hear a lot of, you know, at least from the circles that I'm in, you hear a lot of Jayhawk insiders saying like, yeah, the, you know, these guys, you know, Furphy and, and Timberlake especially is the other one that's been kind of a shocker. Like Timberlake is unconscious from beyond the arc, like especially in, you know, in practices and shoot rounds and things like that. And the guy just doesn't seem up to speed with this level of play yet. So, again, I think one of those guys has to fill in there um, for Kansas. But we'll see. Uh, obviously, that'll come with time. For UConn, I think overall you played all right. Um, Tristan Newton led the way with 31 points. Um, wow. Uh, what a game from him. Uh, he went 6-9 and nine from 3. Really was kind of the only thing keeping him in the game. Caravan was just okay. Klingon wasn't great. Um, you know, so definitely, uh, I, I don't know that it's a concern for UConn, uh, but I'll be interested to see how they kind of transition into, um, into conference play here as things get going. Um, and then I'll just run through kind of some of the other notable results. Uh, you had Boo Booey Northwestern once again. Uh, I don't know what's, do we know their arena, Graham? The, a name on um, that one? It's something Ryan, like the Ryan family uh, has the football field the well, and the basketball. Ryan arena. Uh, yeah, well, Welsh Ryan Arena, yeah. you're on it. Um, Welsh Ryan Arena is a house of horrors for Purdue uh, now officially. Back-to-back years, getting upset. Um, it's funny, I, my radar wasn't even on this one. I was completely locked in on, on our game and then the Kansas game. Um, 
so just wasn't really paying much attention. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, hold on, like, this game's tight. And then it, like, clicked. Oh, yeah, uh, Northwestern beat Purdue last year. So they do it again. They pull off the upset. Um, I don't think anything to be too uh, shocked by here either way. I think, obviously, um, you know, that first Big Ten game is always going to be a tough one. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think I'm really too surprised by that. I wouldn't be concerned if you're a Purdue fan and I wouldn't get too excited if you're a Northwestern fan, but Hey, it's a, it's a big marquee win that, that might matter when, you know, if, if you're in that March conversation down the road, um, you want to keep an eye on. And then finally, really the last big one, um, Houston and Xavier, obviously our Musketeers played a tight one. We'll get to that a little bit later in the Musketeer minute, um, played a tight one, losing by six though, um, to uh, a good a good a good Houston team, obviously top and Kempom, you know, lots of things expected of them this season, um, and good on the Musketeers for keeping it close. So Graham, really, let's focus on those first two. Um, any big takeaways? You said you got a lot of that UConn Kansas game. I'd I'd love to hear because obviously I'm in a lot of Kansas circles, um, you know, with being where I'm from and things like that. I want to hear what you have to say, kind of early on about Kansas, and then also, are you concerned about UConn, or are you kind of same way as me? Um, I thought that Kansas played a really good game um, collectively. I felt like um, everyone did their job, you know, and that's a great team win. You know, UConn came in there, and, you know, I'm going to give, first of all, some good credit to UConn um, that I just think it wasn't their night, but they still battled. Like, you wouldn't have a lot of teams, like, when it's not your night offensively, you know, Cam Spencer was two for twelve. Caravan was four for eleven. Like, um, when it's not your night offensively, a lot of teams shut down, and they really, really fought. Like, you would have had no idea that they were playing that bad if you just like looked at the screen. You know, they they played a good game, right. but I think Kansas just executed. Um, it, it shows why Bill Self is one of the best coaches in America, in my opinion. Like. Hunter Dickinson yeah. did his job. Interior presence on both ends. I thought he was great. Um, Kevin McCullers like gonna have to be your scorer this year, I guess. Right. And yeah, you know, I I think I mean he's stepping into that Jalen Wilson type yeah, role. This he, year. And I think he's answered the bell. I mean, he's done really well. Um, he you know he had a great game. KJ Adams got you twenty points. Like I don't know how many times he's gonna give you twenty, but obviously he's playing with a new kind of spark and. Um, you know, hopefully he takes care of himself. But if you know, if basketball can be an outlet, and he's giving you eighteen and five. Like holy hell! Like he played really right, well. Yeah, um, no, I agree. But you know, this Kansas team, like I feel like their starting five, you know, is cemented pretty well. Like maybe you get something more from Jackson. Um, yeah, I think that you know, I I saw some things on Twitter about it, and now that you talk about it being a Kansas fan, it just makes me even laugh anymore. That every single year now, there's been like a, I mean, Dwan Harris is is he a senior, or a fifth year senior? Uh, I think he's a fourth year senior. Yeah, but I can check that for no, you. No, he is. I just I, like I just checked. Yeah. Um, every single year, I feel like it's like, man, Dwan Harris such a good defender. He could really distribute the ball. But yeah. man, if we get something from him on offense, I think those yeah. days are over, man. Um. Yeah, and it stinks because right. you really you really need a primary ball handler that can put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, it's not him. Um, no, I, I agree, and it, it's funny. It's so funny you say that. I was actually I was talking to my dad about this a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know if you saw any of this, but after he had like whatever twenty five against Kentucky, which was a fluke. Yeah. Like, 
he like they just kept leaving him open and he happened to continue to make threes and and I, don't get me wrong i think he's a great shooter um but got, teams have stopped leaving him open because they realize oh he can make it when he shoots but if it's anything other than off of catch and shoot like he's not gonna he's not gonna be slashing yeah um but i saw someone on you know in the circles and twitter or reddit or whatever after he had 25 that was like you know, he really could, you know, he really could have, like, a Frank Mason-type scoring. And I was like, no, we're done. Like, stop. He's not putting up points the way that that guy did, or Devontae Graham, or any of them. Um, but on your note about McCuller, I think it's interesting. And Coach Self has gone on record to say this, that every, pretty much every offseason, like, since... I, has, I mean, I would say probably since, like, since Mason left... He said he's had a guy come to him during the offseason and say, hey, like, I want to fill so-and-so's shoes, like, when it comes to scoring. Um, so you had Mason, and then you had Devontae Graham take that from him. And then you had Marcus Garrett try to take that from him, which, you know, was a little rocky. But still, he, I mean, he much improved his scoring ability. And then, obviously, from, from Garrett, it was Ochai. And then from Ochai, it was Jalen Wilson. And now this year... Self said that McCuller was the one that came to him when he decided to stay because there was a little while where he thought about um, going to the draft. There, McCuller, he said, was the one that came to him that was like, no, I want to be that scoring presence um, for this team. Um, because it, as you've seen, you know, Wilson got drafted. Ochai got drafted and is getting consistent minutes. Um, you know, Devontae Graham is still getting consistent minutes in the NBA. So I think McCuller kind of realized if I can come in and fill that void of a, of a really solid scorer for this team, there, there's no reason that I won't at least get a couple good looks from from some NBA sides in a in a late first round or early second round kind of pick. So I think McCuller setting himself up well for that if he continues to shoot it well. Um, and yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens for them in the future. Um, anything else worth noting? You think in that Purdue Northwestern game, or did I kind of cover it? Yeah, you know, nothing to be too scared of. But um, no, just quick touch that I loved the court storm. I thought that was one of the best ones yeah. I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah. Um, it probably did help that, you know, they, like, stopped the game a few times before that, so, like, they were ready to be, get geared up. But as soon as that buzzer right. went off, it was both sides completely taking over the entire yep. court. Like, by the time, like, you know, most of the people got down there, you couldn't see the court. Good on them. Um, Northwestern, like, great game. Like, I don't know if they do this every game. Um, Boo Booey's just – Boo Booey's a big game player. That's that's yeah, what, that's, that's what for like, sure. Like not not trying to like um like be funny or like work around this at all. Like he is a big game player, and the other guys just stepped up. You know Barry and Langborn and Barnheiser. Like they just played so well. They really answered the bell. Um, I thought they were remarkable. Purdue. I yeah. know that they have to prove it in March, but man, this team is built for it. And if I have ever seen a team this early in the season that is. Well, you get to see him up close and yeah, personal, that too. that is built for March. I mean, is this team. I mean, you have an All-American who shoots 20 free throws a game, which is just awesome. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know. And he makes, like, 16 of them, too. Yeah. Like, he's seven foot four, and he makes, like, an 80% clip. It's unbelievable. And just like um, we were talking about with, um, you know, Kansas being, you know, having a great complete game, like, good team win, they had five guys yeah. that played a really good game. But yeah. Purdue has 10 guys that play every single <laughs> night that all do their job. Yeah. And I just think that that is just remarkable, especially in this day and age. Um, but my only thing, like, and I'm not trying to water it down here. Dude, the Jaden Ivey year for Purdue, I was like, this is the team. 
Like, because I thought that Ivy was, like, the playmaker that they had been missing. And then it just wasn't. Like, again, and again, they did it again last year. And I don't know. I just, like, I agree with you. Like, I've been, but I've been high on Purdue for the last few years. So I think we'll wait and see. Um, but I agree. I think getting the, getting the early test out of the way is, is good. So, um, all right. So we're moving in uh, to Saturday. Saturday was also a solid day, um, kind of competing with some conference championships there on the football side of things. Um, Marquette, Wisconsin, um, which I actually didn't realize how long they've been playing this rivalry. Um, I think it's 110, 115 years now in a row um, that they've been playing this game, which is unbelievable. Um, of course, Wisconsin gets it done. Like, it's just, I, like, Chucky Hepburn, like, what? He's still there? Like, you know, it's one of those things. Tyler Wall, of course, is still there. Like, just, I was, I didn't see much of this game, but when I did check in, I was like, I mean, I felt like I was watching the Wisconsin team from 2018 or 2019, like, just minus Johnny Davis. So, um, but of course, they, you know, they get it done there. It's at home, like, this is like I'm not gonna say the only game all year that Wisconsin will show out for, but you know, like I I think Wisconsin is probably gonna be another middle tier Big Ten team that you know will have a solid year and will probably get off to a, a decent start in the Big Ten and maybe falter a little bit. Um, it might be kind of a bubbleish team. Maybe they're solidly in. I don't really know what to expect from Wisconsin, but Marquette. I think it's I don't think it's entirely concerning, but. They did. They did get exposed a little bit here. Um, did you catch? Did you catch much of this game at all? Oh no, you were in. Um, you were in Lexington. That's yes. right. So um, neither of us can speak too well on it. Um, but but Igadoro getting getting shut down to five points, I think, is definitely something worth noting. Um, and I think just you know we'll we'll keep an eye on. Definitely monitoring the the Marquette situation. Um, you know, Biggie's play opening up for them here shortly as well. Just just as are the rest of us. Um, and yeah, I mean, good, good for Wisconsin, good win. Always fun to to see that one. Um, that's always a good game every year. I always forget about it, and they always it's weird, like because this week kind of seems to be like the unofficial like rivalry week for you know out of conference teams. A lot of them like to play this this upcoming weekend, um, but they always play the week before, so you kind of forget about it. Um, but it's always a good one, you know, every year. I, I think they they used to play it like. Um, at like a neutral in Milwaukee, um, but then then Marquette. Now that they're playing Pfizer, like it's just the the whole thing. Um, it, it's now you know home and home, which I think is how it should be. So, anywho, um, definitely a good one there. And then a couple other results to just rattle off really quickly. Uh, Georgia Tech beat Duke. Which should we be concerned about Duke? Um, I know Jeremy Roach got hurt uh, this week as well, so definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Georgia Tech now that's their that's their second um win over a ranked team in the last couple weeks. So also is maybe is it a little bit of kind of the other end of things like are the Yellow Jackets a team that we need to do we need to be keeping an eye on the bees you know so is that is that something to watch there um and then also uh Villanova I I'm sorry this is not because I'm a Xavier fan it's not because I'm a you know Big East guy or whatever. I find it so funny that Villanova can't beat a Philadelphia team. Like it, it is just so entertaining. And obviously, we saw um, last night Villanova takes another loss on the road at K State, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, and that's a tough game as is. But just the fact that that they go down and into the into Atlantis and they beat North Carolina and they beat Memphis and they beat some really really good teams. Uh, but then amidst all that, you lose to Penn, St. Joe's, and Drexel. 
um, is just really hysterical to me. So, um, North Carolina gets a good win against Florida State in their ACC opener, and then the the last one there on the on the day, uh, and I'll turn it over to you, uh, Graham. UNC Wilmington going into Rupp Arena, uh, and getting a good win, winning by seven. Um, and you you got to see that uh, for yourself there in person. So what? First of all, Rupp Arena, your first visit, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, first time yeah. in, inside so what, the arena, not first time um, at Lexington. To Lex, okay. Um, so first of all, what do you think of the, the atmosphere, the experience? What do you think of Kentucky overall, and um, and then and then the game, of course, as well. Well, I was so excited because we drove down, and it's just a sea like. Not as not as like um big as like an Ohio State football game is where like you get out you drive down onto any street anywhere near the stadium is just a sea of red. Right. But yeah. Ohio State esque that it was just like blue, just walking north, south, east, west, you know, like I was really excited. I yeah. thought we were in for a good one. I was yeah, I was down there for a football game last year, uh, and it was the same thing. And and they honestly I mean they had a good year in football last year, but it kind of surprised me. Like I just didn't see Kentucky as I've always known them as a basketball brand and obviously they're sec. So football is a big deal as well. Um, but yeah, just walking around seeing the kind of, and, and Rupp is right there next to the football stadium as well. So seeing all of it kind of big athletic complex and I mean, it is packed. You're right. So yeah, sorry. Continue. And but yeah, we, it's definitely a, they get out for their game. I mean, we walked in it was just a beautiful like arena, like the, like your entrance and concourse, like it's newly renovated, like, past couple yeah. of years like it's it was just beautiful like they were working on it when um i toured there uh my senior year of high school so very new it looked great um and there was a lot of people in the arena early and you know we took yeah, our seats good. we were in you know we were in the upper deck about at the 50 yard line um seats not bleachers it used to be bleachers and the first thing i noticed is that the student section was small and I was asking people around me, like, oh, like, is it just because it's, like, a weekend game? Like, it's small and, like, oh, no, it's packed. <laughs> and I was, like... Like, small as in, like, like compared to the Centaur like Center. The for, size, like, for our listeners. Like, it, like it, it's just, like, a big square behind the yeah. basket on the on their bench's side. So, first of all, you're already off to a bad start because it shouldn't be on your yeah, bench's side. Yeah, you're on the side. wrong side. Um, yeah. You should be chirping the other bench. Um, so hold on. So what size wise, like, are you like compared to Xavier's? Like, are we talking like about a thousand? Like, cause Xavier's is about, you know, 800 to a thousand. I think, it, um, I think it's, it's, I think it's smaller. Wow. That, and that surprises me. I mean, there's such a big basketball brand. Yeah. Like that's the, and wow, there's no chance. Like, like there's nothing like Oof. that creative. Um, anything like they turn around during, you know, starting lineups. Whoop to do. Every school does that these days. Right. Um, and they, you know, call out air balls and they scream when the ref blows a whistle, even if it was the most perfect call of the night. Um, right. And, like, just the fans just, like, don't seem that into it. Like, they have an amazing cheerleading staff. The, fa- like, the fans generally or just the students? Just fans in general, like. Wow. And I know, like, the game. That surprises know, me from Big Blue Nation. I know the Seahawks, like, suck the life out of them a lot. Yeah. in that game but like even on like stretches where you know it's like an 8-0 run for kentucky or maybe like a big and one or something like yeah. I, 
Not really. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's funny because I've I've heard that about Rupp. I've also heard that about the about the Dean Smith Center. Like, and that's and that's nothing to harp on the to you know be like oh you know Kentucky doesn't have a good fan base or North Carolina doesn't have a good fan base. Like obviously they have a lot of fans. They're a huge brand. Like you know they're one of the best teams year in and year out of college basketball. But I've heard that about both of them just with the setups of the arena. It's not super intimate. You kind of feel like you're far away. Yeah. And it's just kind of a weird set. Like it feels more like a professional setup as opposed to either some old historic arena or something tight and intimate. Yeah, and I'll try not to compare it to Cintas because I'm obviously going to be biased. But I'll compare it right. to Mackey. Mackey is levels above Rupp. Mackey is legit. Levels is, above. First of all, first thing that Mackey does well, they have two student sections. They have one on each side. And that's like, yeah. that's already going to be plus 10 points in my call. Yeah. I mean, that that was amazing. I think it's too big. You have a too small of a student section. And it's hard to care about a team when you're used to Final Fours and you lose to St. Peter's and Kansas State these days. Right. And and UNC Wilmington at home. Yikes. But they lose a bye game positive, every year now. Yeah, that that's true. Uh but the one positive that you and I can agree on, they changed the court finally. Oh, the court looks so beautiful. I'll give it to him. Oh, it's so good. You you posted a picture of it and I was like, Oh my god, it looks like first of all, love the state outline. Texas I think was like one of the first ones to do it. And ever since then I've loved teams that do it. Mm. Um so that looked good. And then two, just you got rid of the stupid blue block on the oh, top yeah. corner. It looks so bad. Oh, so bad. Um <laughs> I also love how massive Kentucky is. Like Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I mean it, it, it goes from foul line to foul line. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um that is good. And also, to knock Rep Arena, their managers don't have mops or Gatorade towels. They use, like, Oof. bath towels. And I just don't think that's conducive, you know, to protecting your players, um, protecting yeah. the scope of the game. My favorite thing from a game, though, is late in the second half, um, you know, UNC Wilmington is up, like, one or two, or maybe, like, it's a tie game. They missed a defensive assignment. Mind you, they're beating Kentucky, 12th team in the country, yeah. one of the biggest brands in all of sports. Their coach goes a five-man lineup change. <gasps> well, I've never seen that. I, I've seen it like three times in my life. I, legit, I don't know that I've ever seen it, except for like at the end of the game when you're subbing everybody out for you know, that the, was, the best guys. That was like. the most amazing thing <laughs> I've ever seen. That is so awesome. Who is this guy? We need to we need to hire this guy for the um, staff. Like he is a wow. he's a former NC State assistant coach. Okay. Pretty much their was entire ever, staff. Uh, Godfrey is... or was he Godfrey or who's the guy now? Oh God, uh, uh, Keats. Or, Keats. Uh, Keats. Yeah, Keats. Keats assistant because um he he was an assistant. Their three or four guys on their support staff were either graduate assistant managers or VCs at North Carolina State, and their associate head coach was a Wofford guy. And I was just thinking about Wofford because um, the kid on Wisconsin that had five or six threes was a Wofford transfer. Um, Yeah. What's his name? Um, Uh, Don't even ask. I got it. Uh, Klesmet. Crowell? Klesmet. Oh, Klesmet, yes. That's good. Good stuff. All right, well – Anyways, we got hung up way too long in Kentucky, but I love it. 
Um, any other big takeaways from that Saturday slate? Um, I mean, Gonzaga took care of USC. Florida Atlantic, we'll get to them a little bit later. They look good. Um, you concerned about Duke? Like, where's your where's your concern level on Duke? I think it's a little bit too early to tell. I mean, okay. Um, I think that they've played a competitive schedule, and I think that they still have time to you know to settle the course. Um, and until um, Colorado State can handle St. Mary's. And at Loyola Marymount, and if they're still undefeated by Christmas, I'll, I'll give them my respect. Okay. So the Creighton game, you think, was just maybe a little bit of a fluke? Yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm a little bit of a Creighton denier. Um, but yeah. how many times is, are you going to get one, I mean, how many, wait, how many times are you going to get one for 16 at Trey Alexander, four for 17 yeah, from true. Shireman? And you shoot twenty percent um, from the line. I mean, from the game as a team, or from yeah, three as a team. That's fair. Also, how did both teams shoot a combined eighteen free throws in the Colorado, Colorado State Creighton State game? Creighton game? Yeah, I I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, I love that. That is insane. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Well, moving on from Saturday. Sunday was pretty nondescript. Speaking of Creighton, uh, good, great transition there, Graham. Um, we we did have Creighton at Nebraska. I was high on this one. I was like just riding high on the Huskers train. Um, I thought it was gonna be a tight one. Uh, first big game for Tamanaga. Um, you know, Hoiberg had that train rolling. They were undefeated. Hadn't really played anyone too notable. But I just felt like, all right, in-state rivalry, like this is where you get going. This is where Nebraska makes that statement of like, hey, no, we're here to like play legit and I I really liked him coming into this year and Creighton just walked in and just like not not even close 89 to 60 Creighton wins Shireman goes for 24 of course um no real big surprise I don't think we need to talk too much on that um I was just hoping for a little bit more out of my Cornhuskers there um and then the other notable one from Sunday Mississippi State you you just dropped one to Georgia Tech okay fine not great you know, let's get things back on track. And then you drop another, a home one to Southern. I mean, Southern, they're two and six. Um, I, it's just a weird one. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm at on Mississippi State. I actually think the the basketball egg bowl or whatever they call it, uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Ole Miss this year, could actually be really entertaining. Obviously, Ole Miss hasn't played the toughest schedule, but they are still undefeated. Um, so interested to see kind of what – Comes out of that one. Anything big you want to note on either of those? Um, only the fact that I did call um, Chris Beard going to Ole Miss. I just want everyone to remember that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is true. Also, like we just talked about, but um, what is McDermott cooking over there okay. that <laughs> Shireman is allowed to shoot 20 times from three? Oh, my God. I can't get over it. I just like. I mean, I I can't. Well, didn't I mean? Didn't his son do that? Oh when yeah, he was there. He was you know, Corver too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. So I mean, is it is it like? Does he see it as like the same thing? Maybe I don't. I don't know. But I just think it's remarkable. I mean, Steph Curry. Yeah. Doesn't shoot that many. Enough. Doesn't shoot twenty times. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So. 
All right, well, then let's get to a Tuesday night slate that was loaded, like a really, really good Tuesday night slate. Um, Jimmy V Classic, of course, was kind of the headliner last night. You had uh, Florida Atlantic and Illinois uh, play in that in that first game, and then the headliner of the evening, uh, North Carolina and UConn. Um, you also had Baylor take care of Seton Hall in a Big 12 Big East game. You had Oklahoma and Providence, which you and I were really excited about, kind of ended up being not that fun of a second half. Um, 72-51, Oklahoma takes care of business there. Wisconsin wins a, a Big Ten opener at Michigan State. Is Michigan State, like, not, like, are, are we, I mean, what are we doing here, guys? You know, you went from, I mean, they were top ten preseason, right? And now you're four and four? They were number three. Um, number three, God, I didn't even know they were that high. Uh, and now you're four and four. You lost your home opener in the Big Ten. Like, yuck. Um, time to be concerned about Izzo. But here's the thing again, like, this team is talented. They're gonna make the tournament, and Izzo's gonna win. You know, gonna get to the Sweet Sixteen or whatever, because that's just that's just how it is. They're gonna be every mid major does not want them in their in their pod. Like that's that's the last thing you want to see, or whatever two seed or one seed they get stuck with too. So, um, just noting that now for future reference. Uh, and then Grand Canyon, like everyone's been hyping this home atmosphere for the longest time, so much so that, you know high major teams have not wanted to schedule there finally san diego state you know as you would say last year to butler grows a pair schedules one at grand canyon and the lopes beat them um we got a court storm we got you know different outfits we got probably crazy parties in phoenix last night i mean awesome scenes down in arizona um so i'll let you kind of take it from there um, oh, and Kansas did, sorry, Kansas did take care of business and beat a, a UMKC team. Shout out to my ruse. Um, <laughs> uh, did take care of business there. But Graham, I'll turn it over to you and kind of let you go wherever you'd like with, with the results from last night. Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, North Carolina, um, I got to gotta give them credit for the amount of great games that they've played this year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean... Oklahoma, Kentucky are, you know, coming up. And then you had UConn, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Villanova. I mean, credit to them. Um, that was a tough game for them. I, I We talked a little bit about this, that this North Carolina game is going to be very tough um, because yeah. you don't know what UConn team you're getting. And I said the possibility of that, you know, if UConn loses, they're going to come in hungry, um, especially in the Garden. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, Cam Spencer did not play a good game against Kansas. Um, and he ended up shooting 8 for 14 and had 23 points. I mean, he's a baller. Tristan Newton has, you know, been consistent. And Caravan, who didn't have that great of a game against Kansas, he gave you 20 and 10. Um, they looked really right. good. Um, UConn's a really, really legit team. Um, other notes... Um, really uh impressed by Oklahoma so far I I thought that you know yeah. that they would be very good in non-conference play but I wasn't expecting eight no with multiple quality wins um and now you you know you're looking forward to the uh to the rest of their non-conference season um and they and they have great tests you know they have North Carolina yeah you know, just seems to play everyone this year um and you have an Arkansas team that's kind of str- trying to scratch their way back into the top 25 after some kind of shaky losses. Um, yep. You know, but they beat Duke, and now 
Arkansas is looking, you know, oh, if they beat another ranked team, like they could be in, you know, the top 25. But if Oklahoma wins, I mean, this might be a top 15 team in the country, which would just be unheard of. Um, just yeah, because they haven't. Right. Since, since a guy named uh, Buddy Heel played on that team, that would be unheard of. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't really gotten back to that status that we were used to in the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, post Trey Young, post Buddy Heel. They haven't really been able to get right. back to that. Um, and I think Porter Moser can be the guy. I mean, they have a great opportunity with some good buy games mixed in with two great opportunities. Um, and favorable draw. I mean, Iowa State and TCU, like that's some pretty, you know, that's tame, a good start tame to start. Club, but nothing that tame start. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I completely agree. And I also did love seeing Grand Canyon being able to you know host a ranked team. Whether I mean it is a fringe team, but. Right, I don't Still care. Ranked, it goes down the books as a ranked team. Yeah, get a ranked team in, storm the court. I mean, that's just awesome. And Wisconsin, yeah. oh, I, AJ Store, twenty-two points. You know, being a right. Michigan State team, like, I mean, maybe this Wisconsin team is going to be one of the better teams that we've seen um, in the last few years. Um, I think that they have a very um, talented, you know, core. You know, with Wall yeah. and Hepburn. And now AJ Store, who AJ Store was, you know, one of the best Big East freshmen last year, and the, for him yeah, to wind absolutely. up at Wisconsin, that was in need of a team. I mean, a team that was in need of a creative player that they hadn't had since Johnny Davis left. Like, they could be very good. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and then I'll just speak real briefly on that FAU Illinois game. I actually did watch most of this one. Um, I mean. Illinois is so good. You get 33 out of Domask and uh, Terrence Shannon. Like, there's not much you can do there if you're FAU. Um, not much you're going to be able to respond with. But a, a balanced attack from FAU, I mean, you get 23, 13, 19, and 10 from four of your five starters. Um, that's pretty solid. Like, you can't really be that mad about it. Um, you know, you get, uh, what, what are they, 24 points off the bench as well. So, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing too crazy. I think I, I don't think I'd be too concerned if I'm the Owls. Um, good to see them get like a legit test. So I think Illinois is a really good team. Um, and sure, maybe FAU is a little too high in the rankings. Um, but we're really going to find out. They got Arizona here, Christmas Eve Eve, uh, coming up here in a couple weeks. Can't wait for that one. That's going to be a fun one. Um, so definitely get, keep that one scheduled on your, on your calendar, Graham. If you're, you get your home for the holidays or whatever, you get a couple days off. Um, FAU, Arizona, uh, I think that game's in like freaking Vegas or something stupid, but whatever. It's still it'll still be a fun one, I think. Um, and yeah, so definitely excited to see what FAU can put together. You get St. Bonaventure as well. Um, but hey, that that win against Texas A and M, that win against Butler, um, Liberty and Charleston, of course, too. Like those ones are going to hold up down the stretch. So I think this FAU team is is good. I just think they you know they caught Illinois on a night where they got sixty six points from their two best players, and that's that's tough. Like you're going to have to. Gonna have to lock up a little bit more defensively, um, you know, to to you know if you're gonna expect uh, you know some really high level play from from your team overall. So, all right, well that kind of wraps the uh, the big stuff there um, from you know this week in college hoops. Now let's get to the Musketeer minute, kind of briefly recap. Obviously a disappointing week for the Musketeers. You know we had just talked last week. You take that home loss to Oakland. You know things aren't looking awesome. Um, you know coming out of a kind of a weird like. MTE that I don't really think was a huge positive, but wasn't a huge negative. You know, you take the moral victory with the Purdue game, like, okay, not a big deal. 
Um, you only lose by whatever, you know, 10 or so points um, against Purdue. Um, and then you come home and you lose kind of a fluke game to Oakland, which obviously Oakland, very good team. Um, but then you get a double back and, you know, just a few days later play Houston, which again, another like moral victory overall. Like, hey, you, you lost to Houston by six. Like, I think if, you know, if you look at it from a, from a very serious perspective, like Xavier had a really good chance to win that game. And honestly, they, they probably, you know, could have, you get a couple more plays down the stretch. Um, but then you come in tonight and it's, it, it, you know, the last night you're playing, you know, Delaware, it is a must, like it's a must win, non-negotiable. Like you can't blow it over. Um, you know, probably some looking ahead, obviously with the big game, crosstown shootout on Saturday upcoming this weekend. Um, and you drop another home one to, again, another Delaware, another good mid-major. They were in the tournament, uh, was it last year or two years ago? I can't remember. Um, I, they were in the tournament recently, point being. Um, so obviously they're, they're the representative of their conference. They're, you know, they're a, a, a mid-major champ, you know, conference champion recently. Um, so nothing to sneeze at, but still you're at home. You've got to take care of business here. You got to take care, you know, take advantage of it. You know, Qu- Quincy has 34 points, which like just... I'm not gonna lie, totally slipped out out of my radar. Like I knew he, I knew he shot it well. Um, I didn't know it was that well though. Um, and yeah, and then you've got you know your typical 14 out of Des, uh, Desmond Claude, and and a solid 12 out of Davion McKnight, but really not a lot of other like contribution, you know, from from the rest of the squad. So Graham, obviously you were there, you were sideline. What like what's your biggest takeaway from from this team? I think you would. I mean, you would agree with me, right? Like the if you don't have the Oakland and the Delaware loss, like the Houston loss isn't isn't really anything to be too concerned about. But now it's like okay, you've lost three in a row at home, and you have one of the biggest games of your season coming up this weekend. So what what's kind of your takeaways, and what is your vibe? Where's your vibe at going into this weekend? Yeah, um, you said it nail on the head that you know the Purdue and Houston games don't really have as much weight if you beat Oakland and Delaware, because, I mean, if we if if we just played even a smidge better, we beat Washington, and you should have beaten Oakland and Delaware. You're looking at right. um, a seven and two team with losses to two of the top five teams in the country. That is a right. completely different outlook than what we have right now. Um, but I mean, everyone's perfect in hypotheticals. Um, I say that all the time of course. that fact of the matter is, is that you've lost three games on the road. I mean, three games at Centos in a row and that's just unheard yeah. of, especially, um, with how, yeah, especially in this. Yeah. Like how, I mean, what's our winning percentage is in the, you know, 80th percentile or, or like around 80% since it opened in 2000. Yeah. I mean, this has been a fortress of solitude for a while, and um, we haven't we haven't you know you know answered um, in you know worn the jersey with pride enough, I think. And if there's an opportunity to right your wrongs and yeah, um, seriously, and win back win back some of the fan base yeah. too, if I think we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, the last few minutes of that game, it was pretty rough to hear. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't even have, you know, a full arena, which was kind of unheard of last year. I feel like every game was sold out. Yeah. Um, and now you're looking at this game. It's like you've, you've lost a lot of fans. You've lost a lot of students. Student section was about 40% full, if that. 
maybe 30%. Yeah. It was really bad. So you have no fans, no students. Um, you lost a little bit of respect, especially for Cintas Center. You have UC fans chirping. Like, if there is a time to show the world, like, what Xavier's about, I think it's this week right now. Um, we have a really good opportunity that, I mean, this is, like, the most meaningful Crosstown game since, like, probably JP and... Um, I, I was going to say, like, it's it's been a while that, since we've had a game that yeah. has meant so much to, to really to both team seasons because... UC's off to a pretty good start, and, and you go and you get a win at your rivals, like where you haven't been able to win. And I mean, I, I can't. Even, when was the last time UC won at Xavier? I can't even remember. Um, um, I don't think that they've beat us at Centos. I think they've won once. Have they won once at Centos? I can't remember. In two thousand one. Okay, so it was the first. Yeah, like the second year of the arena. Yes. So. Um, yeah. I think this. But anyways, is like point the most, point is like, yeah. I think this is the most meaningful. It's, it's probably game. the highest stakes game. Yeah, yeah. since uh, the 2017 season, when you know both teams were ranked, like, really, really good opportunity to right your wrongs and look forward to the rest of the season. In my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree more with you there. Um, I, I think you know, and like like we're talking about with the fan base. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, you could be, you know, without a win uh, so far this season, and this game would still be sold out on Saturday. Like everyone's going to be there. You know, this is your opportunity to prove yourself. Um, and so I think that y- you have to take advantage of it um, if you're if you're Xavier here on Saturday. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things turn out. Um, obviously, you and I are both going to be watching. Yourself there in person, I'll be I'll be watching remotely and and rooting for the boys. And yeah, I mean I think you got to hold your heads high if you're Xavier as best you can. But definitely this is a this is a point that I don't really think that Grandma, for being honest, you or I expected to kind of get to this year, unfortunately. So um, we'll have to see you know how it, how it goes from this from here on out. But uh, definitely a big one on Saturday and mark your calendars and if you can be there, do it because it's gonna be I think it's gonna be rocking atmosphere. It's gonna be the campouts returning this year for the students for the first time and. Um, I think it's been four four plus years now. So um, the campout's back. So the students are gonna be jacked up. They got events going on outside the game or outside the arena all all day leading up to it. So I think it's the atmosphere is gonna be there. Uh, and are the lights gonna be too bright for the Xavier team or not? So I think we're definitely gonna find out on Saturday. So definitely be tuned in for that six thirty Eastern time um, for all of you on the state side. Definitely uh, tune in for that one. So. Anywho, we'll we'll kind of wrap with that. Um, thank you all again for listening, as always, to um, the Norwood Noise podcast here Wednesday, December sixth. Um, and yeah, we'll have another one. We'll be back with you uh, next week here, hopefully with some positive news and uh, and a positive outlook on the season here for Xavier. But hey, what did we say, Graham? We needed needed two of the four big ones coming up, and that was last week against Houston, this one against Cincinnati. Uh, your road game against Nova and your home game against UConn if you really want to be in that tournament conversation. And I think that's even more pressing now with the losses to Delaware and Oakland on the on the slate. So, um, yeah, got, got to get two of the four, and this is a huge opportunity to do so this weekend. So, all right, well, we'll sign it out from here, um, and we'll catch you all again next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in, as always, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Cheers.